Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the she in kiboshed. Very nice. Because I actually really like that word. I think it should be used more. Kiboshed. Kiboshed. Like, I'm going to kibosh that. Right. It's like putting your foot down. Yeah. Our she is I kiboshed that crazy thing. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. That. Um. I'm sick. Sorry. Okay. I'm Summer and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And Joy, I want you to know that this week I thought long and hard about all the ways in which you are not like George Clooney. Oh. <laughs> and um, the ways are that you, I you mean, you both are kind of mysterious. Like before mm. I got to know you, like when I tried to stalk you on the internet, like I couldn't really find anything about you on the internet because like your social media footprint is like zero and i feel like i read george clooney's book on (laughs) on how to social media right 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 right. so you did a good job because he's kind of mysterious but the ways that you're different are that his body of work with like two exceptions is the worst and no one cares and it's (laughs) totally forgettable but your body of work is just it's classy it's all quality content oh so it's super you. different i think the one of the best things that george clooney has to offer is his face <laughs> it's that's okay, not, not even i'm not even saying making like a personal right, 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 right. statement right. but that was really it like he's thought of as one of the most attractive men around but we're also um not alike because I am not a notorious womanizer. Yeah, I didn't know that about George Clooney. Yeah, I know it was a he's big deal like when he a, got married. Yeah, he's like, I'm never settling down. Blech. Can't you see my salt and pepper hair? <laughs> he talked about that in the book, too. Oh, the book that you read that no one's heard yeah. of because mm-hmm. he's super secretive, yeah. just like you? Called Clooney. <laughs> I don't know. I read it a long time ago. Um, but you are right. I am Joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have never been compared to George Clooney, but I take it as a compliment. <laughs> and the compliment that I have for my beautiful co-host, uh, Summer White, today is uh, purely going to be a look shared between the two of us. <laughs> Do you remember the look? Okay, so I don't know if you guys remember this. She's still really... That was just for She you. actually did the look, you guys. <laughs> of course I did. I don't know if you remember, but around Christmas time, I bought this gift for our producer, and I was so excited about it. <laughs> <clears throat> but, like, here's the thing about me is I like to buy gifts for people, but then, like, I panic because I feel like I'm hiding something from them. Right. And it's, like, a really... She becomes, like, the uh, Kristen Wiig character... Like they're so excited, yeah, and she's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, congratulations to me because I am so excited for this thing I got you. 
and I have been around you for like three hours now. And it took me a solid... You like only just brought it up. I know. That's pretty good. I know. But I felt like that look you were giving me, that's how I felt. <laughs> like, like the whole time that I, I felt like I had this like secret that I wasn't telling you. Like, it's just a really bad feeling. And also, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So, like, when I'm excited... You wanted to share the excitement. I'm just really not good at, like, keeping things that I'm excited about to myself. Like, I just want you to know. Like, but then it takes away, like, when I actually give the thing to you, it's, like, no longer a surprise, you know? Like, it's just, like... I think it's hard. We share a lot of really exciting things with one another. Right. And so to all of a sudden be like, I can't share this with you. you. And the thing is, is I can't tell anybody else because I actually showed someone else. I was like, look at this thing. And they were like, they were like, you guys are such nerds. And so it's a burglar's outfit. It's a burglar's (laughs) outfit. I told you. So like the thing about it is that, is that no one else is going to care as like, you're the only person that will also care about this thing, which is why I got it for you. Right. Ah, anyway, thanks. We'll have to let you guys know what it was, what it is, whenever. Yeah. And no one's going to care. But there is a thing. There is a thing. And I can't wait for it to get here. Okay. Anyway. Is it a look? <laughs> it's not a look. But I appreciate the look. <laughs> uh, so today, as promised last week, uh, we roped the dear sweet Rebecca Merkel in again to talk about. Um, so a year ago, we talked about Even Exile, which was her first book that I had read. I don't actually know if it was her first book or not, but it was the first one I read Mm -hmm. and I loved it. And I've been trying to get people to read it for the last year. And I've been very successful in my endeavor and getting people to read this book. And um, I've gotten a lot of questions about it. Follow up questions like, okay, well, what about this? So dear sweet Rebecca Merkel agreed to answer some of those for us today. All right. So it has been a year, almost a year. Around a year. Year-ish. A year-ish since uh, Rebecca released her book, Even Exile, and we had her on a year ago to talk about it. And since then, I know a whole bunch of you have picked up the book and read it and enjoyed it and loved it. And P.S. Rebecca, thanks for sticking around with us again. Yes, of course. So I have... I. I don't even pretend to hide that I'm a total fangirl of the book. I think that everybody <laughs> should pick it up and read it. And it's been a year and I'm still telling people that. Oh, you're sweet. It's just great, you know, and it's a quick read. It's not difficult. And um, I think one of the great things is how encouraging the book is. It's not just a here's how feminism is the worst or um you know, and it's just, it's not dry. And so I really appreciate, and especially I know a lot of people who have read it and talked to me about it have been very encouraged by it. So that's one of the positives of the book. Um, but I wanted to ask you, I've gotten a lot of the similar comments and questions from people who have read it over the last year that I think are super worthwhile um, taking the time to answer, especially because of the repeat nature of the questions. Yeah. So, um, Strangely, because I don't think you touched on this a ton in the book, but strangely, one of the questions I've gotten repeatedly is, okay, so I I want to glorify God and I want to live out, you know, my life in submission to him and what his design is for women as a woman. Uh, can I work outside of the home? <laughs> And it's a very black and white question. And I know that you work outside of the home. 
Um, and yeah. so sometimes I wonder, you know, I when I read the book, that's not a question I would have left with right. um, at all. But it is a question that I have gotten repeatedly. And so what 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 would you say to that? Well, I think that probably um, that question shows up because there's different pockets of Christianity, you know, that have their sort of different expectations for what being a Christian woman looks like. And so I think that um, probably would just be a natural question coming from certain, you know, certain places. If it's some people maybe think, what, I'm, it might be okay to work outside the home. And other people saying, are you saying I can't work outside the home? You know, <laughs> um, everybody has their sort of different expectations sort of coming into it. But I would say, yes, um, definitely a woman can work outside the home um, because I don't think that the Bible ever teaches that a woman's place is, you know, only in the home. But I do think the Bible teaches the woman's priority is the home. And so that can that can just look different depending on what stage of life you're in and the, you know, just the circumstances God has given you. And I think there's ways of working outside the home that are completely obedient and in line with all the priorities you're supposed to have. And then there's ways of doing it that would be very disobedient. So um, I don't think it's a like an on-off switch like that. I do think that um, the sort of our culture, broadly speaking, has a really skewed view of what a woman's relationship to the home should look like and what her relationship to the workplace should look like. Um, so I think we should we should all be willing to question our assumptions, I guess. Yes. Right. What a um, crazy thing to say. A woman's place is not... <laughs> just the home. <laughs> well, do you also think a part of that is part of that question could be that you're almost unintentionally thinking of home as more of like the physical place as opposed to like when scripture would reference a woman taking care of her home. Mm -hmm. Of course, there were physical elements of that, but a lot of it is the people right. inside the home. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of a like, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, even if you just look at Pro the Proverbs 31 woman, um, there's all sorts of stuff she's doing that is outside the home, and there's a whole bunch of stuff she's doing that's inside the home. But she's, you know, investing in real estate, and she's taking her um, profits from her other business ventures to use it to buy the land and, and so forth. But I do think it's clear that everything she's doing is – um, aimed at her home because her children rise up and call her blessed or her husband praises her in the gates. It's not like they're, they're, they're not all sitting there saying, we're so glad she could follow her dreams. Right. You know, it, it wasn't about that. She was, this was her giving to them, but I don't think, um, I, and, and I think it's actually kind of a weird modern notion anyway, this, the woman's place is in the home because I think, um, the modern world just looks so different than, it has for much of history. So I think that we can get sort of a 1950s suburbia thing in mind. Yeah. And we assume that that's what the New Testament is talking about or something. Right. right. Now, um, since you brought up Proverbs 31, another one of the questions I've gotten a lot over the last year is, um, okay, so this book is super great. What can a, but basically a lot of single women were asking when I look at as a single woman, when I look at Proverbs 31, uh, what, just what do I do with that? Because she's not a single woman. So what is my place in that? 
Right. Um, well, I think, again, I mean, much depends on your station in life, but I think we can all learn from that, no matter, um, you know, like our circumstances don't have to all be the same. We don't have to actually all dress in purple. Um, you know, and I think if we look at it too woodenly, um, we're going to miss sort of what it's teaching us. We're, we're taught she's a hard worker. She's somebody who gives. She's somebody who, um, you know, she's deeply feminine, but she's hardworking. And she's, you know, like there's, there's lots of things you can take from it um, without having to just say, but she's married and I'm not. Right. You know. Right. And I, there's plenty of teaching in scripture, too, about, um, you know, like for a widow to be put on the, on the list, right, in the New Testament, is sort of what kind of woman was she supposed to have been for her life? And then, you know, we can learn from that. What kind of woman should I be um, now? Should I be self-absorbed and, um, you know, vain and chasing my own dreams? Or should I be the kind of person who gives and who, um, you know, is charitable and who's hardworking and just all of that kind of thing? Right, right. So another one of the questions, and I think this is getting, especially with um, everything going on with the Nashville statement and all of the, you know, just looking at our current culture. Um, I've had some people who they basically recoil at the phrase biblical femininity or biblical masculinity. Um, and they're afraid that the church has long put the idea of masculinity and femininity in a box Um, some of them out of fear that if you start to talk about what makes someone feminine, then you might be abusing that person because it might be a cultural standard that you're holding them to or whatever. And so the kind of the question is, because you talked a lot about in the book, uh, kind of we need to rebuild what our concept is of of femininity. and, And it's not even just a matter of, let's alter what we have, but we we're in a place where we can build it from the ground up. Um, Do you have any suggestions? Because I struggle with this too, especially as I look around at the landscape, you just have people coming from so many different streams and they've had so many different experiences. How do we take back the discussion of what makes something biblically feminine? Right. Well, I do think that it requires just, like before even getting into the subject, it re- it requires like being in principle willing to put everything on the altar because lots of times, you know, people come into the discussion which with certain things like clenched in their little fists that they will not let go of. And, and that just means you're not actually wanting to find out the answer. You're more interested in protecting certain things. Like, you're never going to get me to give up my career, right? Or, or whatever it is. And it's like you have to be willing in principle to put everything on the altar and say, God, show me how to be obedient. And I care more about that. So one of the things my sister has joked about, I don't think that the Bible does teach that I have to wear a big red bow in my hair. But if it did, I would. Right, <laughs> right. right. But you need to be willing to go into it saying, okay, I want to do what's right and I want to do what's obedient and I want I want to be willing in principle to lay anything down. And I think that especially when it comes to these kinds of discussions, tensions run high and emotions run high and everybody has their little things that they're guarding and protecting and um, 
And that's not actually what a genuine inquiry looks like, you know? Right. And so I think we need to be willing to set down our assumptions, set down our own personal tastes and say, okay, I really want to come to this honestly and with an actual open mind and say, what do I think God teaches about this? And then, um, and then try and apply it with creativity and with grace and with beauty and try to honor him with it. Um, but I do think it just means at the very beginning, not not having certain things that are non-negotiables for you. Right. And those things would look different uh, depending on you know where you come from. There's certain people that for whom a job is the non-negotiable. Like, don't ever ask me to give up my paycheck because I won't. Um, and you can't convince me that the Bible says otherwise, you know, that might be one thing. Um, but you might have other people that it's like, you will never convince me that I should get a job because I won't, you know, like there's just, it depends on where, where we come from. And I do think we ought to be willing to lay down our own notions of what biblical femininity looks like and then, and truly get them from the word and not from our own personal likes or likes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's tough to do, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. It can be really tough to do to see yeah. your own, reflect on your own non-negotiables and find out if they're actually biblical or right. not. Yeah. Because it is a huge part. It's like, right. per- go ahead. Oh, oh, oh go ahead. We- no. Oh, right. no. I was just going to say it's very easy to mistake your um, gender for your identity because it is biological you know, like it's easy, but it's still not your identity. So we sometimes we think like this thing that I feel or like is gospel because right. this is a part of who I am. It really right. is legitimately a part of who you are, <laughs> right. but right. it isn't who you are. Right, right. So the last question I got, and I, I really like this one because I, I don't think we've, I don't think we talked about it last year at all. Um but I mean, okay, so obviously the the book was written, I would say, with women in mind. Um, yeah. But what what applications would you say it has for men? So like, how should the principles in the book affect men or specifically probably husbands? Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I think obviously it would be, sort of tragic if there was a woman trying to embody this and her husband didn't want her to, (laughs) you know, um, I think that it requires men being, um, unthreatened, I think would be one thing like unthreatened because, um, especially on the conservative end, um, you know, I've met guys that don't want women to have an education or jobs or whatever. And and I think that that's just kind, kind of a, sign of a brittle little ego. Um, and so I think it would require men to be unthreatened, but I also think it requires men to step up because having high achieving women around, um, is threatening if you want to be a lazy schlump yourself. (laughs) Right. And so I, I think, um, it would require men to step up themselves in order to be unthreatened by that kind of a woman. And, um, and that's something that some guys are <laughs> not willing to do. Um, and I think they would need to value it because they hopefully are going to want to instill it in their daughters. 
right. as well as, um, and hopefully not just tolerate it in their wife, but actually appreciate it and, you know, desire it in their wife and instill it in their daughters. So I think it would require much more than just getting women on board with this. You, you know, that's not going to actually work if the men are not on board too. Right. Right. Absolutely. That was, that was a quotable answer you just gave. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You guys, if you have not picked up even exile, just stop what you're doing. Just stop. Um, (laughs) Go to canonpress.com, pick it up, pick up classical me, comma, classical V while you're there. And um, Becca, oh, hey, you have a podcast now. Oh, I do. That's right. Tell our listeners all about it. I mean, I could, but (laughs) it'd be more fun if you did. (laughs) Oh, I lost you. So I have a sister here. Yes. Oh, you lost me? Okay, now I can hear you. Yeah. There we go. I uh, I have a sister here in, in town, and we talk on the phone all the time, uh, doing our various things. And um, basically, our podcast is that it's like us talking on the phone together about whatever. Except <clears throat> we get together and we sit in the car because that's about as high tech as it's going to get in our lives. Um, <laughs> if it <laughs> if it required us going to a soundproof room somewhere it would never happen so (laughs) we get in the car and we get a coffee where we talk and the podcast is whatever comes out of that so things we're thinking about things we're working on stuff sometimes we forget and it's very we forget that we're actually recording a podcast and we just start (laughs) start chatting and that (laughs) happened a couple weeks ago where we're trying to like sign off and then Rachel randomly starts telling me something about Herod and I was like, what does this have to do? And she like <laughs> dies laughing. It was like, I forgot we were on the podcast. I just wanted to tell you about that. So anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, it kind of, it just is what it is. You know, we sit in the car, we drink some coffee and we chat. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I die laughing. <laughs> like it's really, you guys just, I, I have no, I just the fact that I know about like the, like elbow patches you wanted to make in that jacket, just like things like that. And, you know, I'm like driving and I'm alone and I'm laughing and I feel like such a weirdo. <laughs> but right. when I come, when I get my loom socks and I come to yeah. Idaho, um, I'll pop. We'll try and get you some of those. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pop in the back seat and join you guys. <laughs> and yes, we'll get you a coffee and we'll all sit in the car and we'll podcast from there. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm from the desert. So I really am going to need the loom socks because it's going to be so cold. Like, Today, I kid you not, you know, it's only like 100 degrees today, and I turned my AC down. Like, I didn't need it on full blast, and I thought, oh, it's fall. Yeah. <laughs> my word. Yeah. yeah. You're going to need some socks. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, and your podcast, where can people find it? Oh, yeah. Um, so, it's on um, New St. Andrews College, and the podcast is called What Have You? So, and it's just because we talk about what have you. Literally everything. Yeah, literally just whatever so it's um yes and it's at new st andrews college what have you i love it well becca thank you so much for joining us again yeah thanks so much for having me yeah absolutely and we'll um we'll do this the next time you release a book sounds good you come up here and visit <laughs> yes ma'am <laughs> all right all right we'll talk to you later see ya bye that was awesome i'm really glad that um she agreed to be on two episodes with us 
Um, Do you remember when we had her on last year, how like sweaty and nervous I was? Yeah. I was so excited. Do you remember? Uh-huh. I rem- When we were, yeah, you seemed a lot more relaxed <laughs> this time. Well, I'm a pro now or right. something. <laughs> Which it just doesn't even seem like it's been, it could possibly be. I know. It's almost been a year. Long. I know. It's crazy. We've been doing this for a long time. I mean, a whole year, you guys. <laughs> so long. <laughs> I've loosened up quite a bit. <laughs> Except for that time we had Rosaria on. Right. There well, will always be, I think, guests mm-hmm. for us that will mm-hmm. just so kind exciting. of just, you're like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm so just right. Like, like, I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> compared to you. Well, it's just weird when like you have that person that like you read everything they write and you like they help formulate your worldview on things and then you get to talk to them. It's kind of surreal in a way. Like I understand why people can feel that way because you're talking to someone that you feel like you've already talked to, but also you've never talked to. Right. And also they've been such a huge encouragement and like change the way you think about things. Totally. Like that's so cool. It's cool. I think I, think I know. And we used to talk to a lot of people. Rebecca Merkel. Just because cool. of this. I know. Just because of you Patreon people. That's right. Thank so you, you should consider people. doing that. Um, partnering with us because then we can talk to more people and then you can listen to us talk to more people <laughs> and we can all just learn. Learn all the things. A ton. <laughs> yes. I think that's really encouraging. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I have a question okay. for you. Yes. And it's so ridiculous. Oh, good. It just popped into my head, and I was like, okay. Is it as ridiculous as my hymn question? Um, I think way more. <laughs> like, okay, you great. Will, you will wonder, why would she ever think this? <laughs> like, why would these thoughts ever come into okay. her head? Okay. If you were a race car driver. Mm-hmm. Who would you want to sponsor you? Oh, who would I want to sponsor? Oh. So you'd have like a cool fast car. I have a cool fast car. Okay. And it could be whatever color you want. Mm-hmm. Black. Mm-hmm. And then you can put not whatever you want on it, mm. but you can put. My sponsor. Sponsor logos and images on it. Okay. That being said. I have several demands. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Negotiate the contract. Okay. Um, First of all, if I was a race car driver, I would demand that I somehow have the first race van. Oh. Are you just looking for a replacement car? Because I think if you're a race car driver, you could afford to buy a new van. I just think it'd be great. Like, I think, you know, I'd cut my hair soccer mom style and drive a van and just really embrace it, but also show all the soccer moms out there that you can also be a race van driver. <laughs> just feel like... You can do it. Why can't Why can't that be? Um, and then for my... Now, s- would, like, multiple people ride in the car <laughs> with you? Oh, I could sell out spots in the back seat. Oh, it would be like an all... yeah. Like all-encompassing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love NASCAR. Yeah, come in the car with me. I will bring baked goods that I baked because this is part of the experience, right? Um, and my sponsor would we'll be. We'll sing Frozen. Yeah, 
just the whole thing. We'll have the, all the Disney soundtracks that Total I already have to listen experience. to. Like it's a mom. Like I want to show all the moms out there. Like you can be anything you want to be. <laughs> Car number thirty six is brought to you by moms. <laughs> and I think that um, <clears throat> my if I could have any sponsor on the front, it would probably have to be Amazon. Because Amazon is the ultimate thing. If you have children, they bring groceries straight to your door. Mm -hmm. They carry the only kind of wipes that make my baby not break out in a rash. Um, They will, if you're having one of those days where, you know, one of your kids cut half their bangs off, another one got gum in the vacuum cleaner, um, another they one. They sell wigs and vacuum cleaners. <laughs> they sell wigs. They sell vacuum cleaners. <laughs> and you can order food straight from there. Like, right. you're like, there's no way I can get all of my kids in my race car van today <laughs> to go to the grocery <laughs> store and they will bring you groceries. So I and appreciate if you were sponsored by Amazon, I doubt you'd have to do much of anything. Right. So anyway, I just think my race car van would have to be outfitted with Amazon. Right, because you get so many kickbacks that it would just yeah. be worth it. Seriously, I don't even I don't even care about like whatever. Everyone's like they got Whole Foods. It's so cool. I mean, I don't care. Like Amazon has already been changing my life for years. Already. <laughs> so <laughs> who That's would yours? Amazing. Who would yours be? Um, I would love to be sponsored by. Um, I was just going to go really ridiculous, but I'm trying to make it more of a corporate thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with <laughs> like your own hand drawn logo on the front. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. But I'm also thinking in terms of kickbacks. So unless you're going to, I mean, you're sponsored by Amazon. Hashtag girl boss. Does anyone, <laughs> does anyone want to see summer and I race? <laughs> You and your your little Nissan and me and my old van. <laughs> We're totally setting up a race. And a, a Sheila Jen sponsored and race. Just so you know, Amazon. And Marcus is going to stand out and do the flag thing. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> my mm-hmm. sponsor would just have to be PetSmart. And I would sense. have animals in the car with me. <laughs> Your race. And animals all over it. And of course they would, I'd make sure to keep them safe. Right. I would never crash. Oh, no. Because I'd be like, no, there's animals in here. (laughs) So you're just driving 50. (laughs) I'm safe. I love my animals. Oh, oh, hey. Um, Just do this really quickly. You have 15 seconds. (laughs) I'm ready. Okay. Like someone emailed and you're never gonna get back to them because <laughs> you're too busy. So why, like, Joy? What does it feel like to be a Christian vegetarian? <laughs> oh, it feels r- really normal. Okay. Um, you get teased a lot, but that's yeah. just usually because people All love vegetarians you. Vegetarians get teased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a part of the territory. Um, some people will be mad at you and think that you're forcing their like your eating habits down their your, throat, your pun intended. Your vegetable religion. Right. 
I can't believe you and your vegetable religion. <laughs> Seriously. I have made so many golden carrot statues. It's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seriously. No, I just uh, But like, it's very normal. You don't feel. It's like nothing. It's nothing. It's just mm-hmm. how you eat. You're I, vegetarian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think about it. Good. I don't think about it either. Except when we eat together. <laughs> <laughs> Better not give her any of this chicken. <laughs> but here's some pineapple pizza, you weirdo. <laughs> you can't even eat pineapple and pepperoni pizza. This is just occurring no, to me. I right don't now. need to. Ew. Pineapple is fine. No, it's, it's totally not. sufficient. It's not. Pineapple and cheese. Ugh. And jalapenos. Ugh. That sounds so good. I'm so hungry right now. Okay, guys. <laughs> um, well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>